Ballerinas. I'm your host, Georgia Dostal, and this is the Balanced Ballerinas podcast. This is the podcast where we chat mindset, self-development, the power of movement, nutrition, small business, goal setting, and of course, the power of ballet, and most importantly, finding balance within this truly beautiful art form that we all just love so much. Most episodes contain a behind the scenes into my life as a soon-to-be mum running two businesses, GC Dance for school-age students and Balanced Ballerinas for adult ballet students. I've also interviewed some pretty amazing guests in the past, so make sure you head back to some early episodes if you're new around here. And just so you know what the schedule is, it's every fortnight this broadcast is brought to you by Balanced Ballerinas Academy, which is my in-person adult ballet classes and online courses. All links to everything is in the show notes of this episode or head to balanceballerinas.com for further information about joining our really wonderful community. Now today, an episode you've all been waiting for, a discussion dedicated to adult ballet students participating in ballet exams. As you'll hear, this will be an ongoing discussion with really lots of follow-up episodes. And as we venture into the discussion surrounding exams, just being a little bit difficult for adults and their teachers to navigate, it really has my creative juices flowing. Like, for example, and I'm going to share this with you. I've been thinking about how can I personally contribute to making exams a more diverse and inclusive space? And how can the Balanced Ballerinas brand be part of the solution? Anyway, I like I usually don't share my thoughts before they're complete or before I have a solid plan. I have no solid plan here. This is just some thoughts, some very big thoughts too, and some very big grand plans that I can sort of see coming to fruition, but I'm just not sure how to do that yet. So I just wanted you to know that I'm thinking about them. Yes, very much so. But for now, in this episode, I'm actually going to deliver a list of pros and cons in regards to adult ballet students sitting exams. And then we're just going to get into a discussion with my special guests. So they are, and I need to thank my student and friend Virginia from Demi Point Dancewear. This is her second appearance on the pod. And my gorgeous teacher and friend, Miss Meg, who takes our adult ballet syllabus class at the studio. It's going to be a super fun conversation um, after I've done this intro and gone through my pros and cons list because Virginia is actually Meg's student in the syllabus class. So it's going to be really great just chatting to both of them about what we've sort of done so far and the process of, of working out how to pop out adults who want that experience of sitting an exam. So anyway, but let's launch into the rest of this conversation before we get into the discussion. When I launched my 12-week adult ballet course last year, it really gave me the chance to work with students from all around the world. And a few of my online students actually enrolled in my course to develop greater confidence heading into their ballet exams, which I found super interesting. And I'm happy to report they actually did feel stronger and more technical and so ready for their ballet exams under my coaching, which was really exciting. And I loved receiving their emails when they felt just so accomplished going into that room. So that was really, really lovely um, and inspired 
by my online students participating in those ballet exams at their studios, I decided to offer a Royal Academy of Dance ballet exam class at BBHQ this year. We'd never offered this before and so far it's been running for about 15 weeks with a really beautiful and intimate group of regular attending students and it's just been so interesting watching my students who have begged for years for the opportunity to participate in ballet exams, learn what it actually takes to work towards an exam. And I thought just in line with this conversation that it would be really fun to put together, like I said, a pros and cons list to get us started on this topic. And so let's start with the cons, yeah, so that we finish on a high. So the cons that I've come up with of preparing for a ballet exam is that it requires absolute commitment to at least one exam and one open class every week, which is not possible for most adults with really busy schedules, as you'll hear Virginia talk about later in our discussion. The repetition of exercises can also become a little bit mundane or boring if you're not in the right mindset. I mean, there's this famous quote about how the first thing you learn is a plie, but the last thing you master is a plie. So as simple as an exercise can be, I guess I am very quick to say that no matter how simple an exercise is, there is always something to work on. But if you want something, you know, a little bit more flashy or different every week, that that repetition of exercises, if you're not in the right mindset, just doesn't suit that particular student. Um, But usually once you reach higher grades, so this is my next con, students are expected to participate in point work, which may not be suitable for an adult student who isn't interested in this additional layer of training. So it's it's conversations and rules like this that make me think about, you know, how can we make exams more inclusive of these kinds of students? Because not everyone is suitable for point work. Now, The other con is that you can't opt out of certain exercises due to injury or dislike. So if you're an adult doing class in general, you know, so many people either don't jump or don't do a certain exercise or sort of adapt it uh, to suit their needs, which you cannot do in an exam. You have to, especially if you're sitting a formal exam, you need to follow the exercises to a T, like right down to where your head goes, um, where your arm is played. Everything has to be just spot on. There's no opting out. And then the other con is participating in ballet exams can be really expensive. And we're going to talk about that later too um, with both Meg and Virginia and where those costs come into play. Pros of preparing for a ballet exam. So really helps students maintain focus and motivation throughout the term to attend class. Um, This was my assumption, and I ask Virginia this later in the discussion, whether it's helped her maintain focus and motivation. Uh, Secondly, it provides the opportunity for students to fill gaps in their knowledge and really just fine tune the basics, which a lot of adults miss out on. So that's a real big pro. Um, Another one is focusing on the same exercises every week actually allows students to improve their technique at a faster rate. I always say with open classes, sometimes we'll need to do an exercise a couple more times because the first time you're focusing on what you're doing and then subsequent times you can focus a little bit more on how you're doing it. Yes. And so if you're learning syllabus work, you get to sort of go over and over and over and really finesse and fine tune. 
Um, Another pro is more opportunity to ask questions and refine technique in a more intimate class setting. You'll hear us talk about later the fact that I capped this class that we did at BBHQ this year to 10 participants. So no more than that. Um, All my other regular classes are capped at 20. And I just didn't feel like that was suitable for our exam class, especially first um, year in sort of, you know, testing this out as a pilot class. And then the final pro that I've got is immense satisfaction and accomplishment when you complete your exam and receive your official certificate. So this is why we're going to do a follow-up episode as well um, with some students from my studio because I want to know how they felt when they walked out the door and finished and then again when they got their certificate. So I've been really proud of my students who have been regularly attending our exam class and I've actually noticed a real positive difference in how they approach technique in their open classes, which has been super interesting. Um, Before we launch into the discussion, I really just want to elaborate on those pros and cons. So if we elaborate a little bit more on the pros, um, goal setting, yeah, ballet exams are a great way for adult ballet students to really set clear goals and have something to work towards. And the goal of passing, passing an exam can be just really motivating and inspiring for many students and their peers. So that's just a big goal, a uh, big pro, sorry. And another one is structured feedback, which you do not get in an open class setting. So sitting exams really enables adult students to receive structured feedback from trained professionals. That's, you know, someone who's not their ballet teacher um, that has bias towards them and thinks they're amazing. <laughs> yes, all the time, no matter what they're doing. I certainly do. Um, yeah, so a trained professional gives them some feedback about their technique and performance. And this can be a really valuable experience for personal growth and improvement. And then we've spoken a little bit about personal achievement. You know, successfully passing a ballet exam can be a really great personal achievement and really boost confidence for the student. But, you know, this achievement can provide students with a sense of accomplishment and pride in all their hard work. So, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming around to exams and how we can, you know, really bring this into the equation. And then finally, I also just want to talk about the assessment of skill levels. So... Ballet exams can also allow adult students to really assess their skill level and get an objective understanding of their progress. Um, This can help them set personal goals for future development. And it's my sneaky suspicion that a lot of my adults who are about to sit um, an exam are going to be pleasantly surprised with how impressed the examiner is because adults are so hard on themselves. (laughs) (laughs) and I think they'll be really pleasantly surprised where they sit on the scales. So, and then if I elaborate a little on the cons, because it's really important to come at this from both angles, um, a focus on perfection. And I've seen this in one or two students, just the ballet exams putting too much pressure um, to be perfect and to execute movements with extreme precision. Like the focus on perfection can be really stressful And I really don't want it to take away from the joy of dancing or the joy of actually participating in the first place. Yeah, but it should be a joyful experience. 
Um, time consuming. Yeah. So preparing for a ballet exam can be really time consuming and demanding, and it can take away from other aspects of dance and exercise that students really enjoy and need, you know, to maintain balance in their lives. So if I go down this exam path, yes, I really don't want balanced ballerinas to become unbalanced. (laughs) Yes. So it's, oh, it's a fine line. Yeah. Um, And as we'll talk about in our discussion, it's expensive, yeah? Ballet exam fees, costumes, coaching and travel expenses can add up really quickly and be very expensive. And this can be a barrier for some adult students who may not have the extra funds to allocate for, you know, this kind of process. Um, I think a lot of students think that the exam process is just making sure you come to class and then one day there's an exam. There is so much prep and scheduling and behind the scenes that goes into ballet exams and that comes at a price. So, yeah, competitive environment. So exams can create a competitive environment, which can be quite intimidating for some adult students. And you know, this could take away from the collaborative and really supportive community normally present in a ballet class. I haven't really seen any of this yet, but I'm just I'm just flagging it as, you know, something that could potentially happen in the future. But overall, I truly believe that ballet exams can be a positive experience for adult ballet students who are motivated, committed, And who don't get wrapped up in the pressure and stress of the experience. Like it's really important for students to consider carefully, though, whether SAT exams is the most appropriate choice for them, given their goals and personal preferences. And I also don't want students who don't sit exams to feel like their practice is less valuable. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want someone to be pressured into doing an exam or think that their practice is a waste of time because they're not working towards you know, anything in particular, like a performance or an exam. Every time you place that hand on the bar, every time you do class, it is valuable. Yeah, 100%. So there's sort of like my rounded uh, thoughts and where I'm currently at um, in 2023 thought-wise on exams. And we're definitely going to do a follow-up episode, like I mentioned. But for now, let's jump into my discussion with the lovely Virginia and Miss Meg. You'll love it. Welcome to the Balanced Ballerines podcast, Virginia and Miss Meg. How are we this evening? Good, thank you. Great, thanks. And you are now officially a repeat guest on the pod, Miss Virginia. Thank you for having me back. I obviously didn't spoil it the first time. No, everyone loved your episode, especially mum. So yeah, she was like telling me additional questions I should have asked you. She, oh. she wanted me to go further and deeper and I was like, oh, okay, mum. Fantastic. Anyway, so my, maybe we'll have to do like a third encounter but that's okay we can do that today we're talking about ballet exams and as I mentioned just previously I don't actually teach the exam class here at the studio so I thought that's not really fair if I'm just dishing my thoughts on adults and ballet exams Virginia you are currently in Miss Meg's RED exam class yes I am and it's our we've been calling it like our pilot class because we've never done this before Little test group and it is a lot of fun and I think we've already learnt a hell of a lot in just four or five months. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to throw to Miss Meg first because she's nervous so we'll get out out one of her questions out of the way. (laughs) Um, 
you were a little bit hesitant at first to take the adults for a class in general. Yeah. And I was like, but I really want you to take them for their exam class because I'm actually not really qualified yet to do that. So because right. we're switching from ACB to RAD in the studio mm-hmm. and which is just two different syllabi. Um, why were you hesitant at first? Um, good question. I guess it's just with the adults um, and with the classes they do with you, it's sort of they know what they're doing already. You know, with kids, you're sort of teaching them from when they're really young and then you um, evolve with them as they get older. With adults, if they've been taking class with you already, they already know what they're somewhat doing. So when you add the RAD syllabus on top um, and then you put the repetition with it, um, I guess my major concern um, was that they'd get bored. You know, they'd start, they'd do it for five or six weeks and then get a little bit bored. So I sort of had to um, plan ahead with classes, knowing that I couldn't teach them everything in one go. I had to teach them slowly, um, but it's worked out really, really well and I'm loving it. So What's interesting is why don't we as teachers presume that children get bored? Why do we order? Because that's why I've held off so long doing an exam class yeah, for adults is because yeah. I've thought, you know, they'll just get bored. So, like, why do we – I'm thinking about this myself now. Why do we assume that adults will and children don't? The freedom, maybe the freedom in dance. Maybe adults enjoy the freedom of just moving, you know, expressing their bodies, feeling what's good, what's not so good. Um, with kids, I think it's you – if they're doing ballet in particular, um, you, you have to teach them the basics from the get-go and if they don't – get those fundamentals they can't progress whereas with adults it's really more for the love the passion and the enjoyment of it I mean that would be what I would think Virginia what do you think I think so too but I think you've made two assumptions there we don't know what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) but I will argue if you look in at any of my adult ballet open classes It's sometimes like a very quick glance. It looks like a beautiful company class and everyone just looks like they very much know what they're doing. Yes, very focused. It looks like that. You've got to give yourself some more credit. (laughs) But particularly for the exams, because it is so different and it is so structured, we all went into it and I've talked with a lot of my friends in that class going, we had no idea what to expect and we had no idea what we were doing when we walked into that class. So on that note, like what did you expect? I don't think a lot of us had expectations because you set it up in a way that was really open-ended. Hey, this is a test run. We'll see how it goes. You may not even do the exam. Let's just give it a go. We didn't even tell you what grade you were doing. No, which was really good because most of us had, well, actually the hardcore ones had done a lot of research to figure out which stream (laughs) of RAD we were going down and whereabouts we would be sitting. So there was... But also, I wish you hadn't have done that. (laughs) I thought we were going to be a level above and I was panicking. Like I thought we were going to end up at Intermediate Foundation and I was concerned Mm. about Mm. that. But And I don't think we've got bored yet. No? Like I really don't think we've got bored. If anything, we want to go over things again and again and Mm. again because, as I said to you before, we're a bit more analytical, which is both a positive and a negative, unfortunately. We can get quite obsessive. There's a couple of us in there, including myself, Mm -hmm. who get really... (laughs) (laughs) really caught up in the minutia of it and Mm -hmm. oh my god what the hell are we doing Mm -hmm. how is this going to end up how are we going to go in an exam if we can't remember where to put our head Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. whereas in an open class I give the option of using your head or do you just want to focus on your legs today go for it like yeah 
There is no cheating in this class either. No. Yeah. Which is something that I'm having a little bit of a battle with because I've picked up some bad habits that your work is really exposing Meg. Right, right. (laughs) And also there's some physical limitations there that I am really battling at the moment. And it's like, okay, we're going to have to do consistently do grand plies and we're going to have to do them with really good technique to get through this exam. And that is exercise one. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you say with like physical limitations. It's so funny that you thought you might start an intermediate foundation, which what a lot of you wouldn't have realized is we would have never started there because that requires point work. Yes, yes. it does. And I don't think oh, there was one of us in that class who was regularly doing point. Yeah. Right. And then all of us were like, oh, my God, are we going to have to do point work in the exam? Mm. No. Yeah, no. And so and that's what's so hard, because the reason I'll just clarify why I didn't want you guys Googling and YouTubing was because you would have just found a lot of children doing RAD levels on YouTube. There's plenty. Um, were there any adults doing? No. Uh, although having said that, through my demi point business, I have had clients who have pu- purchased skirts for yeah. their exams, and I've talked to them about their exam work and what level they're at. And I get messages from people saying, "Oh my god, I was able to wear my skirt for the exam, and it was so much fun." So, what levels are they doing? Uh, level four, level five, and there is one woman who is intermediate foundations, and now she's intermediate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because that's big. That is a big syllabus, yeah. Yeah, and so the reason we didn't want you looking too far into this was because we didn't want you thinking that you were just going to be learning baby work, you know? Mm-hmm. Because from the outside, correct me if I'm wrong, it like a level two, three, four can look very simple. Deceptively so. Deceptively and simple. And then yeah. you do it and you're like, oh my gosh, like that Grand Batmon in grade... Yeah extremely challenging the coordination the transference of weight in the body um the turning to the bar and then to the other side there's a lot happening in there that you've got to compute from your brain through your body in a quick amount of time too yeah yeah and that's there is a lot of speed in the level that we're doing as well so it goes from nice slow soft exercises where yes we are focusing on just working through those feet and pointing the toes and having correct alignment and do not sickle that foot in the fondue <laughs> to oh my god we are working very very hard in that what petit jeté and padishah yes that is horrendously fast for me that is it's horrible. quick it is yeah. and it's been interesting watching because um as i would have previously mentioned you guys have been working on this for 15 weeks now in fact when this episode comes out it's not for a while you will be very close to either sitting your exam or have already sat it by the time this episode comes out we'll have to do a follow-up yes and i'm gonna have to go back and listen to what my expectations were mm. after i've done the exam in this podcast yeah. yeah and it was interesting because after term one a few people dropped the class and the reasoning was oh i just didn't realize what exam work was or yes. they thought it was more dancey yeah. And what's interesting is when people think it's more dancey, it's kind of like when a parent says she dances in front of the TV, you know, like a toddler, and it's very expressive. I don't want to do ballet. I wanted to do contemporary or lyrical. Mm. And I have to have the conversation where I explain, well, actually, contemporary and lyrical requires classical ballet training mm. and a lot of um, core control, which is developed at a mature, a more mature age. So you don't even offer tiny tots contemporary and lyrical so I think it's the same and correct me if I'm wrong Meg Mm. 
um, with intermediate foundation and intermediate and any of the vocational exams, yes. they look a little bit more dancey, but they are technically so much harder. Absolutely. 110%. And I mean, I think with the adults, which has been nice is yes, we started from the ground up and we're just now at the point where I'm saying to them as they're dancing, okay, let go. Now mm. let, you know, enjoy it. Let the arms breathe, you know, get involved in the music. But it's taken us 15 weeks to get there because we had to start with the simple basics, technique, structure. And now, yes, we can start to sort of and dance. And I don't know if most adults are patient enough for that. I'll just say it. To wait for the chance where the teacher goes, okay, now let's let go a little bit mm. and let's dance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Mm. Absolutely. And it's been, even with me, I'm quite patient with this and I knew what to expect, a little bit of what to expect going in because I'd seen the kids work on it. Yeah, because you been in play the, um, the music most yes. years now. Have yeah. you done it for like five years? Five or six years now, yes. You've played the music for our ballet exams and you love watching the progression. I do. I've And for some of these kids, I've been watching them for four or five years going up from your pre-primary exams and ACB and this will be the first year that they're doing RAD exams and it's going to be fascinating to see how they've grown. Mm. Yeah or just how different the syllabi is. Yes also I think that's one of the biggest challenges is all of us have come to this I think there's maybe one person in the room who's done RAD syllabus work before and the rest of us have done a mix of different things. Mm. So Working with you for over 10 years now, it's mainly been ACB with a little bit of RAD thrown in. Yeah. Um, and it is very, very different. RAD is totally different. Yeah. Because I grew up doing RAD um, as a child, but then obviously did more Russian style, not a syllabus. A lot of people think Queensland Ballet School and Australian Ballet School teach a syllabus and it's one of the biggest misconceptions. They absolutely don't. Um, a lot of the t their teachers are Russian, so you tend to learn the Vaganova style. Um, but then I spent 10 years as a Vaganova ACB teacher and now transitioning back to like my childhood, RAD, I'm taking the best of both worlds. Like ballet is ballet. I don't think there's a perfect syllabus, but... Um, People often ask, what syllabus do I teach in the adult classes? We don't teach a syllabus. And it's a real mix. And I've noticed it in maybe the last 18 months or so, mm. since you've really been, okay, this is the decision. This is what we're going to do at the studio. You've thrown a lot more RAD inspired, inspired stuff in there. Mm. And we're now doing um, glisse height uh, as yes. opposed to a jeté. And doing a bit of both. and a hybrid teacher now. Yeah, it's a hybrid <laughs> teaching in the open classes that it's really good. I'm being oh, able thanks. to pick little bits out of it. Nice. Um, Meg, do you want to share your growing up and teaching journey? We haven't really done that yet. Um, yeah, well, I was RAD from the get-go, the moment I stepped into a little ballet studio. Um, I started right down at pre-primary. Um, I worked through to grade five. Um and then transitioned into the vocational intermediate foundation through to advanced two. Um, I was gonna sit my solo seal, which is the highest kind of um, level. But um, when I was in my full-time training, that's when I received my first injury. Um, so it sort of cut that solo seal dream for me, which was fine. I was sort of advanced two was the main goal. Solo seal was just kind of the cherry on top. 
Um, I know. I'm so sad I didn't get to do mine either. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of not as popular as it used to be when we were training, oh, um, from used, what I've heard. Doing solo seal used to be, yeah, the cherry on top. Yeah, it just used to sort of finish everything off. Um, not that Advanced 2 wasn't, you know, an amazing mm. qualification to have as well. Um, but yeah, then I moved into um, full-time training in Sydney and I moved away from ballet and went into musical theatre. So I completely flipped the script um, yeah, and then started traveling overseas. So RAD has been for me, um, the fundamental ballet training that I've received with, mm. you know, open ballet classes on top of that. So yeah, I wasn't ACB at all. I was just pure, pure RAD. So love it. Yeah. But you're super versatile from all the other genres. Like, it's like when we always chat and I'm, I'm like in awe of like your jazz classes and I'm like, I would just look so stupid doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that at all. <laughs> If I had to fill in for like a senior jazz class, it would be like, okay, we're doing technique today, ladies. <laughs> yeah, I think that's sort of where, when I decided to go from full-time ballet into the musical theatre side of things um, when I moved to Sydney, I had all that technical training, which was a really, really strong base. And then it was kind of like, no, now I'll sing and, you know, jazz around a bit and, you know, and then sort of I had the full spectrum, which I'm really proud of now because as a teacher, yes, I can sort of step in and teach anything. And um, yeah, as of this year, I can now teach adults, which I couldn't say before. I know. Um, You wouldn't guess that though. Yes. (laughs) It was very nerve wracking to start, but I actually really, really enjoy my time in there with the adults. I find them really um, passionate about what they do. They're really connected. Um, Yeah, it's sort of... It's different, isn't it? It's really different. It is really different. Um, But a good different... It's sort of just taught me that dance is for everybody. It's for two-year-olds that want to jump around and be butterflies and, you know, adults that want to do this for, for the enjoyment and the love of it, which that's what dance is. So, yeah, all power to them, I think. I want to jump around and be a butterfly too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll pull out the rainbow silk wings. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, I want to jump into some cons first before we talk about pros. So... Um, I spoke about that ballet exams really require absolute commitment. Mm. So as an adult student, Virginia, I mean, I have recommended to the adults to do their ballet exam class, which is on a Monday evening, but also follow that up once a week with an open class. Because if you're sitting an exam, you really should be doing two classes a week, one open, one exam work. How have you found balancing that? This year has actually been really tough, just the coincidence of a few things that have happened outside the studio, which happens a lot with adults. The second you try mm-hmm. to schedule your time, it goes straight out the window. Yeah. Monday nights are also my toughest class. Monday, you're feeling a little bit cold because you haven't danced over the weekend. It's been like a three-day break. And then coming into the most technique-heavy class on a Monday night is hard work. Mm. And then I get to relax for the rest of the week in my open classes. I really feel like Mondays are the work class. This is where I've got to knuckle down and do it properly and not take any shortcuts. I've got to breathe. I've got to hold myself. And then I can chill out for the rest of the week. But I really notice it. So I try to do three classes a week, including RAD, including the exam class. So I try to add in at least two extras. (laughs) And... I try to do a little bit of work at home, which hasn't happened this term. It did in term one. This term has just been hell on wheels. Um, But I do have the space at home to practice at home. Mm. And I have noticed the difference when I only manage to squeeze in one class. 
There's a huge, huge difference. And it really does require that commitment. You need to work on it. And now that we are sort of further down the line of the exam class, we're able to see how the exercises are fitting together Mm. and how they're a little jigsaw puzzle isn't it It really is a jigsaw and there are common jigsaw puzzle pieces that then flow through to the open classes like i'm seeing elements particularly of our fondue and rondejambe exercise in your open classes georgia so we go from monday where we are really changing weight and changing feet and doing one one fondue to the front one fondue to the back and then you chuck that into an open class and it really makes me think like I can see oh there's that puzzle piece now that's where that belongs and that's what that does and that's what it does as a teaching tool you're teaching them how to switch weight and then prepare to do an actual fondue so you know I've been doing that on purpose no I didn't realize that okay cool that's awesome thank you I've actually been adding for my exam students well, Miss Meg's exam students, so you're not mine. <laughs> in your open classes, I've been adding in a few grade four ballet, little little bits and pieces. That's um, why it feels like it. <laughs> yes. So if you come to class for the open classes, like you'll get that extra support. Even like when we're teaching syllabus work to children, Meg will 100% back me up on this. Yes. Just because you enroll in two classes a week, which they have to yes. um, for, you know, to sit a ballet exam, the ones that show up mostly once a week, there's a huge difference in their yeah. results. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just the consistency and the repetition and, you know, you sort of doubling the hours if you do the two and if you're doing the one, you're minimising. So, yeah, it's a huge thing having that extra time. Yeah. And there was a couple of us that discussed it that said just the the stars aligned and we now can no longer commit that much time like we went into this with the best intentions and then outside life happens and Mm -hmm. with adults unfortunately a lot of the time outside life has to take priority which is really sad sucks being an adult yeah it does it really sucks (laughs) so another con i brought up was the repetition of exercises can just become mundane or boring have you found that not for me personally I know a couple of people, um, one, at least one person who left said, look, it's just, it's not for me. I mm. wanted to do something more creative. It's getting a little bit re- repetitious, um, but I don't have that problem. I love it. It mm. reminds me a lot of our um, choreographic work and doing the adult ballet company and having that time to do six months on one dance. That's mm. what I really enjoy doing. Yeah. I enjoy that process of cleaning up and perfecting something. Yeah. And getting, to that, getting to that point where, which we kind of, we touched on before, was getting to that point where now you're getting so familiar and comfortable with the exercises that it becomes a little bit second nature. Probably not quite second nature yet. Not but second nature yet because it's very, very different to what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Yes. Especially the heads. The heads are weird. Yes. In just this section, there's a couple of exercises where I'm just like, <laughs> what is my head doing? Meg, yeah. can you please just help me with this again? I know we did this last week, but help. Yeah. But then, you know, getting to that point where you can let go a little bit. So mm. um, there was another one. Okay. So another con I had was um, obviously starting off at grade four. We were actually, Meg and I were contemplating whether to start you guys off at grade three. three yeah. And Miss Meg was like, I'm going to start them at grade three. And I said, no, I think they can handle grade four. And I actually think I called the wrong call. I'll admit that. 
Yeah. Um, look, I think I would have preferred to start at grade three. There's a couple of exercises in grade four that are making me very nervous. <laughs> and I think I would have been happier to do – so we're doing the class award yes, rather than the full exam. I think I would have been happier to take a stab at the full exam had I been doing grade three. Yeah. Grade four, there was the, – I when you actually gave us the option of, okay, you can either sit the full exam – you can just have some fun, or you can do this class award, which drops a couple of exercises. Yeah. We all went. It's a happy, oh, it's a happy medium. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a happy, a happy medium. medium, and it allows us to, as you've been telling us for the last couple of weeks, make it allows us to get rid of one of our jumping exercises, yes. which all of us are a little bit nervous about. But you know what? The beauty of being an adult ballet dancer is that we can actually jump around. We can actually, you can sit a grade three ballet exam and work towards that next year, knowing yeah. what to expect. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The full-blown exam. Yeah. So I think my question was, and one of the reasons why I regret not listening to Miss Meg and, you know, choosing, starting off in grade three is because you get, I, I just, you know, at the start of the year, we're doing timetables. There's so much to think about. Yep. And I didn't think about the fact that you do grade four, correct me if I'm wrong, Meg, you do grade five, and then you typically go into your vocational exams. Yes. Some studios offer six, seven, eight. Eight, yeah. yes. Um, I actually remember, which was interesting, I just remembered this the other day, I remember doing a couple of my vocationals and then for fun going back oh, wow. and doing six, seven, eight. Yeah. For just because I felt like it. Yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, just do them for fun. But as an adult because you kind of have a glass ceiling if you don't do point work so that's where I kind of regretted my choice of popping you guys straight into grade four which was because like for example you have no ambition of point work do you no I so this has been the 10-year journey when Mm. I started with you way back when like by the second year I was itching to go on point and you said, look, you probably need some more strength, but when you started doing point classes, you encouraged me to join. And I did do point in point shoes for maybe four or five classes with you before old injuries flared up and you can't see me, but I am a bigger woman. So weight is always a little bit of a concern with point work, but it's not a limitation. You just have to be aware of what your body is like. And I have some physical restrictions in my ankles and my knees. So point work maybe isn't the most realistic goal. You had a sewing needle removed from your foot. Oh, I did too. I did too. There was also that. I had a sewing needle removed. How do I remember that and you don't? Uh, I blacked up out that amount of pain, honestly. I remember That was right around point work, wasn't it? You had so much pain in your foot and I was like, this shouldn't be painful. Like you need to go get that checked out. And then you literally sent me a text being like, there was a sewing needle. There was like half a half a foot. sewing needle in the bone um, of my big toe. Yeah. How many <laughs> demi point dancewear enthusiasts know that story? Oh well, I did put it up on the Instagram. I had like a photo of the X-ray up there. Too. <laughs> so funny. So hopefully that's healed. I mean, not funny, but funny but for also, a sewer. Yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely a, a demi point dancewear inflicted injury too. <laughs> So the other one I had was that you can't opt out of certain exercises. That's a con, yes. which you, you've actually just touched on before. Yeah. So what's making you – what exercises in particular? Give me like two or three that are making you really nervous. Oh, so the petit jeté and pas de char makes me a bit nervous because of the speed. I don't work well fast. I tend to trip over my own feet, and that's probably a little bit of technique. My turnout's not 
crash hot so I do get my feet tangled but I had a breakthrough that with that last Last week week, where you were saying just give yourself a little bit of space around your ankles with the way I was moving I was trying to shove a foot through a leg so that doesn't physically work (laughs) the one that I'm really nervous about is the preparation for pirouettes so where we are doing these little half jumps diagonally down the room oh they're hard yeah that I'm quite nervous about and I know we're probably going to do them tonight because we have we have class after this interview and I am not looking forward to that exercise (laughs) I'm just cramming these interviews in at the moment whenever I can but yes no you do have class after this no that's really hard I should probably bring them into open class in the next couple of weeks yes please actually because I'm going to take more classes in the next couple of weeks because (laughs) I actually have time amazing yeah okay um Participating in ballet exams can be expensive. Yes. And a lot of people don't realise that. It's about $200 plus leotard, plus I'm making the skirts for them, and plus the cost of the the classes per semester. It's it's pricey. Last year it would have been more of a challenge. This year I have two jobs, which is also making me a bit time poor. I can't come to as many classes as I want to because I'm working. But working means that I can pay for classes. So why are exams expensive, Miss Meg? Because a lot of people don't understand the cost. Like, where's that going? What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's going into the actual qualifications that the teachers have to uphold. I mean, as an RAD teacher, we have to um, have a membership with them um, yearly. Um, We also have to keep up our training with um, courses and um, any updates that the um, RAD brings out. We have to go to seminars things like that. So as teachers, we also have to keep up our teaching methods. Um, So on top of that, then yeah, as you say, uniforming, um, everything that's sort of involved with the RAD. And I mean, I'm sure with other syllabuses as well. Um, Yeah. And just the day, people don't realize like, you know, usually um, it's flying examiners in and it's catering for them and it's you know, a lot of expenses on the day. Yeah, and, um, you know, we usually start at, you know, 9 a.m. and we're working right through until, you know, our afternoon classes begin. So it's sort of a 12 to 13-hour day. Um, yeah, and for us this year, I mean, it's an amazing thing. We've got about 58 students in total, including our younger students. So that won't happen on one day. That might happen on two days, possibly three days. Um, so the exam, the same examiner will come in for those three days. Um yeah, but those days for you and I, especially in Virginia, if she's doing our music, um, yeah, 12 to 13 hour days, which mm. is huge, 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 huge. And paying for the examiner's time and also um, the reports. Yes. They're beautiful. Yes. And certificates printed. Certificates and printed and little medals for the younger students. Oh. You know, they get a little medal that they're then allowed to wear on their, you know, on their leotard when they come to class. So it's, yeah, it's a... It's a whole thing. Whole thing. It's a whole shebang. (laughs) Plus we also have practice days too. So the students have two. Do we have two as as adults? Yes, you do. Yes, we do. (laughs) Pop them in your diary. Well, well, they're already in my diary because I'm here playing music. So I thought I would just be bringing my stuff anyway. (laughs) No, you'll be be in amongst it on both days. So yes, it includes their, their mock exam rehearsals to make sure you're all... Primed and ready to go. Let's move into pros. Okay. Pro that I spoke about was that it helps maintain focus and motivation in your open classes because it gives you like a goal. Do you agree? 
or is it just do you view them as completely separate for me at the moment I'm viewing them as completely separate but at the same time I'm seeing changes in my technique I am too oh thank you FYI that that I hope it's a good change yeah clean really clean awesome okay because that's it's it's a very different way of dancing if that makes sense there's totally different focuses and priorities in an exam class as there is to an open class and you you talk about this a lot in your podcast progress isn't a straight line so this year I think I've sort of fallen backwards in some areas but gone forwards and leaps and bounds in others and I think the exams is really sort of pushing me towards those positive gains mm. through like little changes and tiny little bits of technique just different teaching styles and different focuses is having quite an impact on things in general yeah can you see the value this is not on my list but can you see the value in having I always say don't don't really expand more than two regular teachers yes but can you see the value of having two teachers that are pretty in line with one another yes but also having a different way of perhaps explaining something yes and I think that's it's really important that you have your regular set of teachers as well I don't I'm not someone who goes across different studios I do take guest trips like I've gone down to Sydney Dance Company oh and that's totally different that was totally different like I don't have three regular studios that I attend with six different teachers it's it's been Georgia it has been the teachers that you endorse and the couple of times we've had discussions about what is best for my technique in particular and having Meg explain things in different ways has been really really helpful mm-hmm. particularly last week just having that little breakthrough with one tiny exercise I hadn't thought about how to create space around my ankles for my feet to actually pass behind it was just explained in a different way yeah. that we don't get to look at in an open class when there's 20 people in there yeah no because it's more just let's go let's have some fun let's that's what an fun. open class yeah, it is, is. Mm. um on that note, this is not on my list either. Miss Meg, you're going to be teaching some open classes for me while I'm yes, on maternity I leave. Am. I absolutely am, and I'm freaking out. But yep, <laughs> why are you we so won't petrified? eat you? Don't worry. <laughs> See, I'm used to the repetition. I'm used yeah. to the same exercises every fortnight. Whereas now I have to expand, you know, my my vocabulary and just yeah, sort of stepping outside that box and being more free myself, which. I'm not used to, I will admit, but you do amazing. it's another challenge that I'm ready to, ready to tackle. By the time this episode comes out, you'll be deep into it. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> and you'll be absolutely fine. And it's just another string you can add another, to your bow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely. just really pushing you out of your comfort zone since you've come to work <laughs> at GC Dance. Come on the podcast, teach adults, regular open classes. Um, okay. So what are the pros? So I've got here... Um, one of the reasons why I thought ballet exams could be really useful for adults was because it really gives you the opportunity to fill gaps in your technique yes, and knowledge. Have you found that? Yes, I have. Like I, I think we've maybe, I keep going back to this one exercise, the petit jetés. I hadn't really looked at them in 10 years. They maybe get thrown into an exercise honestly, once in a blue moon. Honestly, probably twice a year. Yeah. And I may not be in one of those classes. So I've touched on them maybe half a dozen times in 10 years and not known the technique of how to do them. And I think that's changed a little bit of my jumps technique. 
I'm also not somebody who jump, jumps regularly because of old injuries and mm. I'm just I'm one of those people that's not a jumper which I'm really having to work on at the moment and being able to do the little petit allegro properly and have some time to really work on that rather than okay we're doing a petit allegro exercise and then a grand allegro exercise and I find grand allegro not easier but less challenging and less restrictive than petit allegro so I'm filling in gaps in areas that I know that I definitely have gaps because I just plain old don't like jumping <laughs> and that's the thing with exams it exposes you you don't yes, get it really to go, does because in an open class I go okay if you don't feel like doing jumps today or if you're um, you know, you've got a bit of an injury or a sore back or whatever, this one might not be for you and I'll offer a substitute move. Yep. You don't have that choice in an no, exam. No, we do not. So, yeah, it's just another little roadblock. But it's also, it's a con, but it's a pro. Yeah, it is. It's really forcing me to work. Exactly. And I'm finding that a lot more, well, no, I do have some injuries that do flare up every now and then. But it's more I'm scared of flaring them up. So I am now, especially this term, I'm really pushing myself to do those grand plies right at the beginning of class and make sure that I am jumping properly when we are doing our jumps exercises. And I'm doing that in open class as well. I'm really trying to add in some more jumps there. Now you're going to be watching me like a hawk in the open classes. I can see it in your eyes. No, not really. <laughs> no, because I want, I want your open classes to be enjoyable. Ah. You know, not that not that the exam work isn't enjoyable because it is because you all wouldn't be coming back. Exactly. You guys have had amazing, consistent attendance. I, I do keep track of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, enjoyable in a different way. Yes, it is. It's very much a different focus. Do you find, because you're quite an intimate group, um, do you find that you feel like there's more opportunity and it's a freer space to ask questions? Yes, we do. And I don't think there's any hesitation in going, we have no idea what you're talking about, Meg. Can we just go over that again, please? Or, oh, my God, we really don't want to be doing this exercise, but we know that we have to. Meg, do you find with the adults you need to provide more reassurance that everything's going to be okay? Yes, but I really believe that it is. It's sort of, it, you know, okay, we have a, an exam date, which we need to get really soon, obviously. But because there's always next week. It, we've got time in class. If I have to spend 20 minutes on one exercise, I can, because next week I can change what I've planned and spend time on a different exercise. So when they ask me questions, I love it because I know that they want the information and I've, I've got it to give them. And yes, if it means that, you know, we spend one whole class on one simple little technical thing, it's still okay because then they're going to take that away and I can move on the next week. So I'm not restricted with always having to keep moving because in an open class, you want the full spectrum. Um, with the RED exam class, I, I've got time to, to structure and focus on one exercise. So mm -hmm. it works well, yeah. yeah. You said um, you said the other day because we we're going to wrap this up because you guys actually have to go to class soon. Oh, that went quick. I told you, <laughs> but we were talking about exams the other day and sort of working out the schedule. And mm. remember, we said when those adults run in and the examiner's watching them, like you guys realize she's going to be so impressed. Absolutely, absolutely. So impressed. Miss Meg was like, she is going to just be like 
beaming. Yes. She'll be smiling from ear to ear. It'll the enjoyment. Be the, it'll be the highlight of her day. Absolutely. Because they Absolutely. don't get to see adults sit in exam often. No. No, because it's still a fairly small community that does. Very much. Yeah. Yeah, it's been around for a little while because I remember doing research on it about five or six years ago when they were first putting adults through and there was just like one or two groups in Australia. It was more over in the UK. And to be part of that now is pretty awesome. We've also got the benefit of having a few years of experience and getting some kinks worked out too. Yeah, no, it's um, my other pro was just the immense satisfaction and accomplishment that I think you'll feel after doing your exam. So you can't really answer that yet because you don't know how you're going to feel. But how, how do you think you're going to feel when you finish? I can see you're a bit nervous now. Yeah, I'm really, I'm sort of getting, to, we're getting towards the pointy end. We've got a, we've got a month and a bit or two months-ish. Oh, you've got so much longer. Oh, yeah, no, we've got, no, you've it's got August. five yeah, okay. weeks left of this term. term. And then we've got most of next And then you've got term. five weeks left of yeah. next term. Okay. so Plus your two mock exam rehearsals. <laughs> That's why Meg and I keep saying, guys, chill out. You've We're going got... to be fine. It just doesn't feel like it right now. And, but... and that's the other thing too. Isn't it funny? Like the kids, actually, that's the difference between adults and children doing exams is that the children don't actually really question that they're going to not know everything by the time their exam comes around. They actually yeah. trust us. Which I'm not saying you guys don't trust us, but you it's almost you don't trust yourselves that you'll yeah, learn that's, that's exactly it. it all before then. That is then. exactly it. But what adults need to be reminded of is, especially if you have teachers that have done many, many exams, and even though this will be my first year of putting students through RAD exams, technically I've been putting students through exams for a decade. Yes. It's not Meg's and I, my first rodeo. We know how to structure our classes and have a plan to ensure that you know what you're doing. Yes. If you show up to class. <laughs> if we show up to that class That is the reliably. key. That is the key. So, yeah. yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. And I know, I know that I will be fine and that what happens in that room, it's going to stay in that room. It is, it is what, one hour? It is only one hour of my life. And if that's good, really, exactly. I think it's 45 minutes. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> but it it's, like something, <laughs> it's something that I've been thinking about probably for six or seven years back when you were saying, hell no, I'm not going to put adults through ballet exams. That's because the syllabus that I was teaching yes. was very. Look at your dolly. Look at the opposed. audience. Give your dolly a kiss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was, and it was quite, if I'm honest, it was quite opposed to yep. exams, dancing, full, uh, exams, adults dancing full stop let alone putting them through exams. So that they have come, I'll give them some credit. They've come, you know, a little bit further along, <laughs> not fully accepting, but they're a little bit better. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's going to be fun. I think it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it as well as being nervous. And I'm so proud too, to like, I'm excited to see Meg be so proud. Oh, because I'm, I'm already proud. I mean, I'm sitting here tearing up hearing Virginia oh. say all these things, but it's been really special seeing them from week one to even now. And I've still got a little bit more time with them. Um, and then, yeah, watching them probably run in on that exam day, I'll probably just burst into tears because it is. You're very emotional. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> sense of, I love the commitment that they have put into mm. it. You know, that's... That's a really special thing. You know, with kids, sometimes it's, oh, mum makes me come to ballet or dad makes me come to ballet or grandma. Or, you know, sometimes mm. kids get brought to dance because mum or dad want them to come. Whereas with adults, you know, it's because they want to come. Yeah. And I think that's really special. So, yeah, the work that I've done with them so far has just been a pleasure and I'm excited for to finish it off. Um, and then, yeah, put them into that exam room and have the examiner sort of 
just go, wow, this is just beautiful. How special. Yeah. I hope so. Yes. yes. No, they, they, she will. I think sometimes you guys are so hard on yourselves. Oh, yes. Examiners, it, it sounds scary, the word examiner. Yes. You know, but like, yeah. what else do you call them? You know, if we call them something else, that word will become scary. Do you know what I mean? But they're they're just going to think it's exactly what you said, really special. Yeah. Is there anything either of you two wanted to add before we wrap this up? No, I think you're a good interviewer. You've covered most of the stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going through my dot points from earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Although I would like to do a follow-up. Yes, we should. Post this because it's going to be very different, I think. I think so. I think there'll be things you expected and things you didn't expect. Yes. And, yeah, if you have a complete freak out, we can talk about it, Virginia. (laughs) No, you won't. You'll be fine. I think you'll actually – you know what to expect more than any of the adults that are going through this. Um, Just because you've sat in the room playing the music for so long. Yes. And Um, some of us – about half of us have done the adult ballet company as well. Yeah. Which we have a little bit of performance experience. That is way more anxiety-inducing, can I just say, than (laughs) an exam. Like, I hated performing – but doing exams, I loved them. Loved okay. them. I just would just show off the whole time. I just loved it. You loved were the exams. one that if you made a mistake, you made it look as if you were the only one doing the correct choreography. Oh, there, I've spoken about this before. There was one time where it was a free on Shame on Meg. Yeah. And I did it completely wrong. And the other three girls or two girls, two girls did it correctly. Yeah. But the examiner... I looked so confident that the examiner made them do it again because she was like, you're fine, you got it correct, which I didn't. And then she made the other two girls repeat the on shame one. True professional right there. And I was just like, and I felt so bad and they did not talk to me when I walked out of that exam. It was like stone cold silence, like, I'm pretty sure we got it right. Like... It was really funny, but I do. I have a very strong memory of that. (laughs) Anyway, but no, thank you so much, you two, for agreeing to be on the pod. You're very welcome. So does that mean that Meg's agreed to doing a follow-up? I hope she has, because it's been fun. This wasn't as scary as you thought, was it? No, it was all good. It was fine. I got through it. (laughs) And yes to the (laughs) follow-up. Amazing. I've got it on on recording. (laughs) Woohoo! Amazing. Thanks, you two. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)